big idea. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection were acts of doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. Our weekly identity statement, I am never more like Christ as when I do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Our memory verse, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. And Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Jesus came from the Father and ascended back to the Father. He is the only one who really knows what it's like to be in the Father's presence in the way we were made to experience. Jesus was the only one to live a perfectly sinless life. And Jesus is the only one who truly deserves the just reward of being in the Father's presence because he did live a sinless life. In John 10, 17-18 we read, The reason my Father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Jesus was not being forced to sacrifice himself. He made the choice to do so. In fact, it is in the one moment where Jesus laid his life down of his own accord that he performed the greatest act of justice in all of history. Like we talked about yesterday, Jesus said, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her, John 8, 7. In the situation of the woman caught in adultery, the only person who was without sin was Jesus. Jesus was not standing up for this woman because she had the right to do whatever she wanted. He stood up for her because that was what he came to do. He came to stand in the gap, to take the punishment we justly deserved for our sin, even though he himself knew no sin. The sinless one who came from the Father laid down his life as a sacrifice for us all. Jesus not only took on our sin, as we will discuss in more detail tomorrow, but he paid the tab we had racked up with our own sin. Romans 6, 20 through 23. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The fruit of our sinful choices was death. That's the harvest that awaits us when left to our own devices. That's the price that must be paid for sin. When there is sin, something has to die. That was the rhythm of the Old Testament. Sin, sacrifice, repeat. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The work of Jesus' justice mission produced the gift of eternal life for anyone who believes in the work that Jesus did. The fruit of sin is death, but the fruit of Jesus' justice is eternal life. When he laid down his perfect sinless life, when he took our place on the cross, when he endured the wrath that was our rightful inheritance, Jesus absorbed the full blow which opened a new door for us. Hebrews 10, 19-22 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. A new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. This new way for us to enter into the most holy place is by going through the gate or door that Jesus made with his death on the cross. We climb through Jesus' lifeless body hanging on that cross. We go through the veil of death created by our own sin that has kept us from the Father and come out through the door of life on the other side. We get a gift we don't deserve. We don't get treated as our sins deserve. Instead, we get an indescribable gift we could never do enough to earn. So what? Well, because Jesus did this for me, I in turn do this for others. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What does this mean? A couple of things. It means that I have direct access to God. One of my greatest desires and passions for you is that you have direct encounters and experiences with God. Not to knock listening to sermons and pastors, there's definitely a place for that, but it's not supposed to be a replacement for our own personal experience with God. Too many Christians today only ever hear from God through someone else, be it a podcast, a YouTube video, someone else who watched a YouTube video and told them about it and so on. That's all well and good, but when was the last time you went into the most holy place? When was the last time God, through the Spirit of Truth, taught you something directly? When was the last time you even tried to give God time for that in your life? All believers have the same access to God. Pastors and teachers, though they perform special functions and have higher levels of accountability, do not have special access to God. People often ask me to pray for them because they think I have a direct line to God, which I do, and so I pray. But when these requests come from other believers, I try to make sure they know that God hears their prayers the same way he hears mine. Don't settle for vicarious God encounters through the mountaintop experiences of other believers. God is calling you up the mountain into his presence. And if you need help because you aren't quite sure how to do so, we'd love to help you experience God firsthand. Second, it means that I am no longer built for sin. When I sin, I am acting counter to or contrary to my new nature. Romans 6.3 Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were, therefore, buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, though we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin." Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. 
The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. I was buried with Christ through baptism and raised to new life in Christ. I have been united with Jesus in a death like his, and the byproduct of that is a life like his. I have been set free from sin. Death no longer has mastery over me. Life is my new master. So sin has no right to reign in my body. Sin and death are no longer my masters. They have been dethroned. Now the life of Christ is ruling my heart. It's like we talked about a couple of weeks ago with adoption. Since we have been adopted into God's family, we have a new father. Our old father no longer has any rights over us, no custody and no power. He may have a lot of influence because we were once under his jurisdiction, but his way of doing things was dysfunctional at best. I have a new father. His ways are my ways. And third, just like Jesus stood in the gap on our behalf, we stand in the gap for others. No, we are not the sacrifice for their sins. No, we are not the mediator between them and God. Those are all roles that Jesus alone can perform. But our job is to bring people to the one who died to set them free. Through my life, I lead people to the life of Jesus so they can go through the same door. We often say that the greatest injustice of all is having a Savior and not knowing He exists. Are there any people in your life who don't know that Jesus died to set them free from the sinful, deathful existence they currently know? Our daily scripture focus, 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Imagine Christ hanging on the cross, his side pierced and his body shredded. Now imagine that you go through his flesh and on the other side experience what it's like to be in the most holy place. Second, reflect. Do you make it a priority to have regular times where you directly encounter God for yourself? Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each one of these areas. If you have settled for a vicarious relationship, ask God to change your heart and mind to want to know him personally. And finally, thank God. Thank God that he made a way for you to know him. Thank God that you are now a priest. And thank God for the justice mission of Jesus for your salvation. 